you are all here. And, and not all of you as a group, but individually. You know, it, it is a blessing not only to us, but to the Lord. Uh, and I say that knowing uh, the truth of his word, as it says in Psalms, a Psalm of David, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And it goes on to be very descriptive in the scripture. It says, it is like precious oil being poured upon the head and running down the beard of Aaron. I mean, you don't get more description of, of a beauty and a preciousness than that. As, as the anointed Aaron, as the leader of the tribe of Israel, it is amazing. And the Lord says it is good and it is pleasant that you are here. And so I just want to welcome you here to Refuge and... Uh, before Pastor Raw comes up here, we have a few announcements that we need to go through uh, this up and coming week. First off, we have the women's kayak that's coming up. Ladies, you have the opportunity to get out there and just enjoy the beauty that the Lord has created for us. Uh, uh, you can see Liz or um, Jamie after service today to get some more information on that. Uh, the cost will be $25.00. And they will be going down to the beach and uh, just having a great time renting some kayaks and just enjoying uh, the ocean there. Uh, they will be meeting here at the church on the 27th and carpooling at 9 a.m. in the morning. So again, you can see either one of those two ladies after service today for more information on that. Up next, we have the Christmas play. You say Christmas play, it's only July. We are preparing for the Christmas play. Let me rephrase that. Uh, we need... Actors, we need those that can possibly do some uh, costumes, those that maybe can help out with uh, organizing. So there's all sorts of different opportunities for you to get involved in the Christmas play. I know it's only July, but it's going to be here before you know it. Look, we're already more than halfway through the year, right? Pretty amazing. So uh, after, on, I'm sorry, on May, I'm sorry, Monday, July 15th at 7 p.m., uh, be here at the church uh, for a review of the Christmas play, what we're going to be doing, and then how you can get involved also. Uh, there'll be more uh, to come on that. Uh, up next, we have the Family Beach Day. All right. Doing a lot of beach, beach events uh, this month. So uh, Family Beach Day uh, is coming this Saturday, July 13th at 10 a.m. We're all going to be meeting down at Huntington Beach across from the Noggles. If you're not familiar where that's at, it's kind of, I looked it up this morning, it's between Beach Boulevard and the pier, kind of a little closer to Beach Boulevard off of PCH there. So uh, if you have any questions, you can see me afterwards, and I'll uh, hopefully try and answer them. Uh, parking's going to be $15 uh, for the day, so make sure you bring enough money for parking. Uh, bring your own lunch, drinks, uh, food, snacks, and so forth, or you can go to the Noggles and get a nice big Noggles burger, right? Yeah, somebody's an Ogles fan. Uh, up next, we have, um, let's see. Up next, we have the theology class tonight at uh, 6.30. Uh, and I encourage you to come back for that. It will be night two of the three nights that we have going on. Uh, tonight's teaching will be uh, the uh, theology of Christology. Uh, so if you want to come out and learn about Christ and who he is, and I know you know him, um, but there's a lot, of, a lot of information out there of who he is, uh, what he is, uh, what he is doing and what he has done, a lot of great information. So I encourage you to come out tonight at 6.30 p.m. for that study. 
And last for today, for announcements, we have the foundations class. Uh, today after service, 12 uh, o'clock. Uh, if you want, you can leave, go grab something to eat, and then come back. Please just make sure you're back uh, by 12 o'clock so that we can start promptly uh, after service today with those uh, that are uh, signed up for the foundations class. And if you're not signed up, it's not too late. I don't think we can squeeze you in. Uh, you can see C- Stephen after service, and he will get you signed up and get you the information on that. So, uh, Pastor Roll. All right, well, good morning. Good morning. I, I know you were in good hands last Sunday, right? Um, it is super important to, uh, to be picky about certain things. And um, teachers behind this pulpit is one thing that we ought to be, right? And uh, I love Frank because I know that he brings the word um, in, in just that way to where it's expository. He brings it line by line, chapter by chapter. And uh, you learned a lot about uh, Philemon, right? Yeah? Um, in fact, we were uh, while we were camping in San Diego, um, what we did was uh, I had it on my phone. So, I, yes, I was watching. So Frank had it right. <laughs> and, um, and then also we had the, the sound going through is uh, Bluetooth through the, the uh, trailer itself. And so you had it. Anyone around us could hear it, too. So <laughs> that was good, too. But what a wonderful message, and, and I know um, that his word ministered to you, and um, as even yesterday, yesterday's devotion at the men's prayer breakfast, which by the way, um, I, not to brag or boast, but we had 27 men there at the men's prayer breakfast yesterday. So my wife asked me if I was going to mention it, and I said, no, we're, we're humble about that. And um, she said, oh, yeah, that's because you need it. That's why all of you were there, 27. I said, oh, really? I said, no, we had 27 there yesterday. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, it's a good challenge. Like, like I said before, you know, if, if we're going to challenge in anything, it should be spiritually, right? Yes. You guys all here? Okay. If not, we're going to stand up and do some jumping jacks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and um, by the way, I thought I had a water gun up here. Anyone falling asleep? It is summer. I know we have beach things, um, and so it's, it's time to get the super soakers out. So anyway, we, have, um, we also have this, this basket of, of bread over here um, to, uh, in the back of the room. Um, that's all bread that you can take home. So if, uh, if you'd like to take it, that, by, that, by the way, is um, through Costco, correct? It was through Costco, and um, they provided this bread for us. Um, it, it's wonderful. I mean, I was, uh, when Leigh was showing me all the things that uh, Costco had, had given, uh, just donated, um, I'm just blown away because that just blesses this family, this, uh, this body right here. And so take advantage of that. Make sure that you grab some bread and take it home and enjoy it. Um, it's, it's for that very reason. So just a couple things I wanted to mention before we get into the message. Today is the last message in um, Paul's letter to the Philippians. And so we are there. And guess what we're going into next week? What comes after Philippians? Colossians. 
So we have Colossians next week. We'll, we'll be uh, going into the introduction of Colossians. But for this morning, we are concluding our study through Paul's letter to the Philippians. So please turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. We'll be covering verses 10 through 23. And the title of this morning's message is God Will Supply Your Needs. Now, uh, <clears throat> one of the things I was thinking about as, you know, for this morning and just for the church in general is how it is that uh, the Apostle Paul, what he desired um, as he not only taught, uh, but he also corrected, he rebuked, he exhorted, he came alongside, he gave of himself as he gave uh, uh, the teaching of the Word of God. Um, he gave so much, but it was for a specific reason. It wasn't just because, you know what, this is out of duty, this is what I ought to do. It's just the right thing to do. No, it was, it was not just because it was out of duty or the right thing to do, because it was a good thing, um, but it was because this was his desire, as it was the Lord's desire, that the people would come to know Jesus as Savior, but also to grow in their maturity in Christ, to grow. And so I, w- I was just, I was thinking about that and how it is that as we come together on Sunday morning, Wednesday nights, or any other Bible study, whether it be men's, which is beginning um, again, starting back up tomorrow, the women's, youth, it's all for a purpose. It's not um, for any other reason, but that we would learn and understand Um, how to be followers of Jesus Christ. And a follower of Jesus Christ is growing in their understanding and biblical wisdom so that we would glorify the Lord just that much more. So that's why as we come together, even on Sunday mornings, as we go like, let's say, for instance, through this study, it isn't for someone else. It's for you. It's so that you would grow, so that you would come to perhaps a deeper understanding of God's Word and how it is that we can bless and glorify the Lord just that much better. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's why it's important for us as we come even this morning. We're not coming to get entertained. We're coming to sit in a very real sense at the feet of the Lord and glean from Him. That's why I always pray. It's it's not my words that really you should cling to. You shouldn't. In fact, through everything, hopefully what I'm doing is bringing you a deeper understanding of God's word. That's what you should be clinging to. God's word and learning from and applying to your lives to the glory of God. Amen? So, let's start out by reading in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. Which the Apostle Paul writes, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. 
Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, and especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, just as I have mentioned is my prayer even now, that you would teach us, help us to understand what we have before us, that you may be glorified. Help us, Lord, to learn how to be content in all circumstances. Lord, whether we have or have not, whether we are faced with difficulties or are in a season of, of rest, perhaps, may we learn how to be content and be satisfied and be full with you above all. May we understand how to deal with confrontations in our lives, circumstances that sometimes, perhaps in times past, have caused us to pull our hand back or withdraw. Lord, uh, our fellow servant, The Apostle Paul, although he faced many difficult circumstances, learned how to be not only content in you, but to stand fast as a warrior. And instead of withdrawing, Lord, he bore down. And he went forth even that much more, regardless of what he faced. Let us be those type of people, that we also would be counted as loyal and worthy and willing to sacrifice even our lives for the sake of your glory. And so, Father, we lend you our ear, we give you once more our hearts, and we ask that you would speak to us and teach us this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? As parents, we give to our children as we determine what they need, right? We discern that. We determine that. And we give them accordingly. Giving them good gifts because we desire to do so and to see them enjoy those gifts. It's a great blessing, really, to to be able to give to them that which we have discerned which we believe they need and see them be blessed. If we know how to give these gifts, think about how the Lord knows to give what is good to us. You know, if you sit there and just begin to think about that, you begin to realize that that which we do have is given to us by the Lord in so many forms, in so many ways. He knows what is good for us and also what is not good for us. There are things sometimes which we receive which we insist on, but not which is good for us. 
But when we completely submit to the, to the Lord and surrender to Him and are humble before Him, we simply acknowledge and receive that which we understand is good for us. There are certain situations that we are confronted with that serve to provide what we need to build our faith, our trust in the Lord, and by the way, also our Christian character, and to reflect the image of Christ that much more in our lives, that we may bring Him glory, to build our faith and trust in the Lord and strengthen us in our hope because we know God is with us, and that should be enough. That should be what is satisfactory for us. And just knowing that, for He is our sufficiency. This morning we're covering the last portion of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. And it is here that he closes with the subject of provision. This is, these are his closing thoughts. But please always keep before you that these aren't the thoughts of a man. This is the very breath of God. This is the inspired word of God. So he brings us in this closing of the letter the very words of the Lord and the subject that he covers is provision. Learning to be content in any situation, the fellowship in giving, and God's faithful provision. Today, many people are discontent. They're dissatisfied. Always wanting more. But there is something in this morning's message that is the key to understanding what we should be seeking, no matter how much or how little we have. Knowing that God will supply what is necessary in order for this thing to be produced through what He does provide. And we'll, we'll get to that very thing that I'm referring to. It's in the middle of the verses that we just read. And if, like Paul, we desire for this to increase then we will then also learn to be content in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Much or little, difficult or easy, comfort or discomfort. We have much learning to do, don't we? I think we do. I know I do. So let's begin with learning to be content. Again, in verse 10. The Apostle Paul writes, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so Paul uh, tells his fellow brothers and sisters in Philippi that uh, he was delighted. He was rejoicing that they once again had the opportunity to express their concern for Paul through what they provided for him. It was through Epaphrodites that this need was brought to Paul in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. Uh, we read, I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your message, and minister to my need. So he actually sent someone to them. Um, not only did he serve to minister to them, and 
Epaphroditus himself found great joy in going to them, for he shared the very heart of Paul. But he was also sent to perhaps collect that which they had gathered together uh, to serve the needs of the Apostle Paul. And with this opportunity for the church to help through their provisions, Paul was filled with great joy. It wasn't just a small amount of joy. It was like, for him, it was a delight. It was a delight. It was something good, not something bad. I believe that the reason we lack in financial resources is because we do not understand and we do not know why or to what exactly we are giving to or for. And I'm talking about within the church, perhaps. We express our love for God by our giving. Do we do so? I know that uh, we, when Ray prays for the tithe and for the offering, um, you know, he oftentimes, he, he prays that it would be done um, with a love, with an understanding. With, this, is, this is part of our, our sacrifice unto you. But there's something that we ought to know. What, what is it that we're giving for? Why are we giving? Right? Is it, is it just out of duty? Is it just because we ought to? I mean, no, it's good, but what, what exactly is it going to? What, what are we doing? Well, that's a great question. We should answer that question. I believe this needs to be known in order for the church to learn how to give tithe and offering with great joy. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it is written, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver, a joyful, one who desires to do so, not one who is reluctant. Or does so out of duty. In other words, out of compulsion. I feel, I feel like I'm just, I, I'm compelled to. I, I just, I have to. No, you don't have to. You really don't. But of course, God's desire is that you would also desire. But as we go through, you, it'll be explained exactly why it is that we do that very thing. You won't be a cheerful giver if you don't know why it is that you're giving. After a while, that question will come up. And if you don't know the answer, then your cheerful giving can turn into an act of reluctance or give so begrudgingly or simply, as I've said several times, because it's just out of duty. And by the way, if we're doing, in, doing so in that manner, then at some point when things get tough, maybe not even tough, maybe it's just you desire something else, guess what the first thing to go is? Our giving to the church. That's the first thing that goes. If you don't know exactly why it is that you are giving your offering or your tithe, that's the first, that's the first thing that goes. That's what suffers. So the answer to this is covered in verses 14 through 18, uh, which we will see in a few moments. But we have a few verses here that address Paul's personal growth. Yeah, it's, it's awesome when we see the Apostle Paul, right? 
Uh, we see how it is. He writes these letters to these bodies of believers, these local fellowships, you could say. And yet within them, you can find how it is that even the Apostle Paul, he has been growing spiritually. For he has learned this very thing that we have before us. He's learned to be content in any situation that he found himself in. And learning to be content is very important for us as Christians. Remember, the world around us worries, is filled with anxiety, is discontent, dissatisfied, always looking for something more, something else. When is it enough? Well, give me a little more and I'll tell you. Right? Paul wanted to make it very clear that he was not needy. So he was telling them that he was rejoicing in the fact that they had an opportunity to provide for his needs. But at the same time, he's saying, but I'm not saying that I'm needy. This is not, and he wanted to communicate to them, this was not what he was happy about in their giving. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy you're giving. Because now... Uh, I can, well, I can get my Gulf Stream, um, you know, because I really need that to travel, you know, from coast to coast. And, um, you know, it's only a few million dollars. There's actually um, a pastor, I, I forgot his name, not important, but you can look it up, that was, was uh, had a goal of attaining so much money that he could be able to, to buy a new jet. He already had an old jet, and apparently it wasn't uh, that fuel efficient and so he wanted another jet and so he put it out to the flock and he said hey guys let's let's put this together because it pleases the lord that i fly in this manner now we don't have an example of that anywhere in scripture nowhere in scripture nowhere in script did you hear me nowhere in scripture in fact we have the apostle paul that's making it very clear this is not for not to fill my needs because I am not needy. This is not what I'm happy about as far as your giving is concerned. Paul writes that he has learned in whatever situation he was in to be content. Well, what is contentment? Well, it's being in a state of peaceful happiness. Being satisfied, regarding what you have as adequate Not worried, not bitter, untroubled, tranquil, serene, at peace. Paul was telling them that he had learned to be content in whatever situation he found himself in. Think about whatever situation you find yourself in right now. Are you at peace? Are you tranquil? Are you satisfied? Are you content? Or is it, you know, if, if this happens, if I'm in this place, if someone else does this for me, then I'll be at peace. I'll be tranquil. I'll be satisfied. Paul was saying that he had learned. It wasn't something that just came to him. It's not natural for us to be content, by the way. It's quite natural in our, our sinful state 
that is because we're at war with these with the flesh and with the world and and with Satan himself and and we we are naturally not content we are discontent we are dissatisfied and, and Paul said he had learned the secret of facing any and every circumstance and be content there are those that learn how to be content when we have everything and yet don't know how to be content when they are brought low and are humbled. And there are also those who know how to be content when they don't have much, but don't know how to handle and be content when there's plenty. So what is the secret? Well, look at verse 13. How many times have you heard this verse? You know, quoted by someone, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In what context was that used? We can think about that, right? And we know the answers to that question because we've heard it said in many different ways. Everything can be done through Christ because He is our strength. Abiding in Christ is the secret. So what is everything? What, what, what did the Apostle mean by, by this verse? Philippians 4.13. What did he mean by that? in this letter and in the context that we have before us. Well, what is he referring to? No no matter what state of provision I am in, I have the strength in Christ to do His will. I have the strength in Christ to bring him glory. Those are all these things. The things that he was just talking, he had learned this. That if I abide in Christ, then I can bring him glory and I don't have any excuse for doing anything different. I have or have not difficult circumstances or easy circumstances. Tough situation, easy. It doesn't matter. I have learned that my strength is not in my flesh. It's in Christ. And if I abide in Him, I can bring Him glory. I've, I've learned this. This is, this is something that, that the Apostle Paul is making very clear to his brethren in Philippi. Listen, I have learned this. This isn't something that just came naturally to me. This is something I had to learn over the course of time. And the Spirit convicting me and me responding to that and me going back to Scripture and going through and understanding that Christ is my strength. I can do this. Not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Unfortunately, this verse is often taken out of context to mean that we can get more, win more, advance more for ourselves personally, right? Perhaps that, those are some of the things that you were thinking of when I asked you, how have you heard that? You know, like, it, like for what? Because this verse is referring to the ability to be content with where we are in life and whatever situation we are in to be able to do that which glorifies God. Have you learned to be content in whatever situation you find yourself in? The secret? Oh, it's always the same. Jesus Christ. I just can't, right? No, that's not in the vocabulary of someone who has learned this. 
the, the Apostle Paul was, he didn't make any provision for, for that. You know, we, we ought to not either. He was, he was the one that said, hey, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Be examples. And as we learn, as we grow, right? We should come to the place to where, you know what, I've, I've, I've learned. We sh- These are the words that we ought to be able to pen ourselves as someone else at some point, right? You know what, I've, I've been abased. I've abounded. I've been dealt with difficult circumstances in my life and easy ones. In, in, in all situations, I have learned and I'm still learning how to be content in the Lord. Just knowing that He's, he's my all in all. My joy can never be stolen by anyone or anything. It's just in Him. We ought to be able to... Don't, don't you desire that? You know, nothing moves you. You know, to be the person that people look to and say, nothing moves them. You know? Nothing at all. We can learn to bring glory to God in trusting Him and being satisfied with Him alone. He's our strength and He's our glory. And nothing else compares. So, number number one, learning to be content. Number two, the fellowship of giving is what we see in verses 14 through 18. As the Apostle Paul writes, uh, Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Once and again, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. The fellowship in giving. This is a partnership. Uh, This is participation in giving that goes far beyond just the act itself. You know, the act itself. Okay, so that's, that's a partnership here. That transaction, whatever it is, right? It goes far beyond. That's what we have here. It goes far beyond that act. This is where we begin to understand. This is like the why. This is the what, why do we do that? What is it for? Here's, here's the answer right before us, right here. There is a participation of the detailed acts that the giving affects or produces. The recipient is always blessed, but the giver is always in the better place. Um, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. So it is says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the why of giving that I was referring to a few moments ago. Paul described the giving of the Philippians as kind. And that by their giving, they had fellowship or participation with the things that Paul was experiencing, that Paul was doing. That's interesting. So, So in other words, the Philippians, they were in a distant location, far away. And yet, at the same time, they were participating in the very things that the Apostle Paul was giving giving himself to. 
like like teaching, like going to different places and and uh, and leading people to Christ, uh, contending for the faith, all of the strengthening the body, all of that they were participating in. The answer is yes. Yes. Paul acknowledged that they were generous. And he considered them, as, as we see here, partners. Partners in the work of the gospel that he was doing. Paul acknowledged that he had received their gifts by the hand of Epaphroditus, and he was very thankful for what they had supplied. These, these are all important things. Again, you want to know the why? This is it right here. It's explained very clearly. This is what's going on. So sometimes, even if you can't join in the missionary team going to Haiti or Mexico or somewhere else, you, you just you can't go. E- even if you're not part of the, shame on you, but the children's ministry. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. But at the same time, make sure you sign up. Um, no, but even if you don't have that direct contact... Through your giving, you are participating. You will receive the blessing of whatever comes of it. Isn't that great? That's the why. That's the what. In fact, we know that Paul was was thankful for the reasons that have already been stated. But Paul described the gift as a fragrant offering. A sacrifice acceptable. And an offering and sacrifice that was pleasing to God. Do you see your giving in this way? God does. If it is given with the right heart, it is an offering to the Lord that brings with it the sweet aroma of a heart that trusts the Lord and offers freely uh, to his worship. It's a form of worship, cheerfully giving to his work. It is a sacrifice that the Lord accepts and does not reject. Remember the story of the widow? Well, in fact, let's, let's read it. Uh, let's turn, hold your place there, but go to Mark chapter 12. This was important enough, by the way, this was important enough to Jesus to where he pulled his disciples over and taught them this. He pointed this out. This was something very important for Jesus. We see it in Scripture. It is recorded, not only in Mark, but also in Luke. So in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 says, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. That's interesting. <laughs> Jesus was doing this. I wonder what would happen if Jesus sat here today and he's like, ah, just sitting in the back, just watching. And he just, just watched, just observed. You know, people putting just money into the offering box. You know what? In, in many churches, I, I think in, in many people's minds, this is like a taboo subject. You want to you change the subject? No, we won't, because this is what Scripture tells us, and that's what we'll go through. 
It's, it's taboo. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be skipped over. This is the whole counsel of God. But it needs to be taught rightly. Right? It needs to be pointed out this is, this is what it is, right? Jesus sat there, right? And, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Please notice also what's not there. Jesus didn't go on to say, so by the way, Peter, go and tell the the widow, you don't have to do this. Go ahead and take those two mites out and give it back. He didn't do that. There's some things here that we also need to notice that, that are not there. He actually used this as a way of teaching them that this was a fragrant offering. She gave everything. She's, it was sacrificial. It was a sacrifice. She was compelled to do so because of the love that she had for the Lord. So it was this, this sweet aroma to the Lord. And this was acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. It is an act of love toward God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. And notice how it says here, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now going back to Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 17. Not that I seek the gift. This is, this is where we have to, have to have the right perspective. Not that I seek the gift. But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Ah, perspective is everything. The right attitude, the right heart. Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeking the gift. I, I'm seeking the fruit that comes of it. And by the way, it's accounted to you. That, that's what I'm seeking. And that's what the Apostle Paul was communicating. It was the fruit that increased because of it. You want to know what and why you give? This is the answer right here. What fruit? So uh, we need to know what, what fruit? Well, maturity in Christ, salvation, trust, wisdom, sound doctrine, discipleship. That's the fruit. That's why, like even tonight, when we have... Uh, theology, and we're going to be covering Christology, which is the doctrine of Christ. It's all for your benefit. It's so that you grow in the Lord, in your understanding, in sound doctrine, as it's pointed out in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. In fact, this is the why it's important for us to understand. This is the why of what we do here in discipleship. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 
says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The why. This is the what. This is the fruit. This is it right here. Growing up. It's hard as you go through Scripture to get this wrong, to misunderstand what it is that it, it was that the Apostle Paul was desiring to be produced as a fruit, as fruit that would glorify the Lord. This was it right here. Not stay as little children who are just feeding on the milk. Every single church should have the mission and vision to bring people from birth to maturity. Should be the mission and vision of every pastor to bring someone from birth to maturity. Not to continue feeding on the milk of God's word, but to go deeper, to grow into maturity. That we as individuals would be stronger and collectively have the strength that cannot be broken. Why? Because we understand sound doctrine and nothing will move us. That's the goal. That's the fruit. And this fruit is to your credit when you participate with your tithe and offering. So when I sit down with someone and offer them some biblical counsel and they receive it and are better for it, it is to your credit. When the missionary team goes and does a work in another country, it is to your credit. When someone on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night is strengthened and encouraged by the teaching of the word, it is to your credit. When someone surrenders their life to Christ and comes to know salvation through Jesus Christ, through this ministry, it is to your credit. When a child learns through teachers, it is to your credit also. And as a local fellowship matures and grows spiritually and numerically, it is to your credit. That is why. Because the Lord desires to do a work through your fragrant offering, your acceptable sacrifice. This is what Paul meant when he said that they were sharing in his burden. His burden is, is what he carried as far as ministry work was concerned. Whatever it was that he faced as far as difficulties was concerned, that's fine. I've learned to be content. But this is what we're giving to. And this is what you're giving to. They were participating along with him even though they weren't there physically. This is the fruit that we desire to produce here also at Refuge. Not just at the church in Philippi, but also here, of course, at Refuge. So learning to be content, the fellowship and giving, and as we close, God's faithful provision. Verse 19 says, 
And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul knew God's faithful, faithfulness of provision. They had given and God will provide for them. And this is what he was telling. God will provide for you out of his riches. And his riches, by the way, are inexhaustible. They're inexhaustible. Some gave a little, others much, but God always gives enough. Notice that it is written here that God will, will supply every need of yours. You know, that, that was mentioned earlier. This is where contentment is to be exercised because God is the one who determines what our needs are, right? He knows all things. And the fruit that is produced is what is important. Perhaps it is faith. Perhaps it is trust. Perhaps it is joy, contentment, love, patience, discipline, control. In the midst of the circumstances that you are supposed to be learning in and through to be content with the Lord. Have you learned the lesson of contentment? Maybe that's the reason that you are faced with the circumstances that you're faced with right now. The question is, how are we handling them? Are you withdrawing from fellowship? Why? Trying to do things on your own. Are you angry, bitter, resentful? Are you gossiping about others? Impatient? I'm lacking love. Why? Because here's the thing. As, as we as a body, as we grow in the Lord, what will happen, happen is instead of going through deep valleys and high highs, what we'll, we'll do is it'll look more like this. Just, just steady. You know, and we'll bring more people along to where we're helping them learn to follow the Lord and be content in Him. And no matter what we're faced with, you, you would never guess that we're going through all these issues. Like, man, you're going through some deep stuff in that church. Yeah, Absolutely. But we're growing in the Lord and we're learning how to deal with things in a way that glorifies the Lord and demonstrating that we're content in Him. We're satisfied in Him. And so instead of being inconsistent, we're consistent, right? Because we're mature in Christ and so it's just helping us be steady and standing fast in the truth of God's Word and bringing Him glory. I know that we're in the process of consecration being, or sanctification, of learning. But all these things that I mentioned should be lessening in our lives. Remember as Paul closes this letter that he reminds us of something very important. God's glory, God's grace, and brotherly love. Verse 21 says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you and All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The Gentiles, right? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Verse 20 says, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. God's glory, God's grace, and brotherly love. And if you keep this before you, then all of what we've covered will make sense and be desirable to you. Because you seek to glorify God above all, as you have come to know God's grace grace through Christ, and understand that expression of love toward one another in Christ is what we communicate to the world 
that we belong to him as we have that love for one another. So number one, learn to be content. Number two, understand the fellowship and giving. And thirdly, know God's faithful provision. He is certainly faithful. So what can, let me ask you this, what can God not provide? That which you do not need. need. That's what he won't provide, right? But he says he will provide that which you need. And nothing can hold back his hand from doing that. Our primary need is this. Number one, salvation. Number two, once we've come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, is we need to come to the understanding of how to glorify him. And that comes through the word of God. No matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, to be content with him, to be at peace, satisfied, tranquil, at ease. And therefore, be joyful and generous in our, the giving of ourselves in ways that go beyond our circle of, um, uh, well, of, 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 of um, safety, you know, uh, like this is where I'm at, right? I'm not going to go beyond it. You know, it just kind of pushes us. Why? Because we desire to give over ourselves to others who are in need. And that's what it should be in the, in, within the body of believers here. And that's just all a response to the love that was first demonstrated to us. And so may God be glorified in and through you. May we learn why it is that we give of ourselves in the way that we do. May it all be to the glory of God because we love him. And we express it in so many different ways through our giving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, are thankful once again for the giving of your Son on the cross. That is where the power is. Because without the shedding of blood, as Jake said and pointed out, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so first and foremost, we thank you for salvation. Secondly, we thank you that you don't abandon us. And that you desire that we would grow in trusting you. Um, just blessing you and glorifying you by the way we live. I pray, Lord, that we would realize and understand how to do that according to your word. That we would not be moved or shaken, but would continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That we would mature and not be moved when we are faced with tough situations in life. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.